two anything better to do when you're off duty than to lie around and swill gin? Swill gin? Sir, I have sipped, lapped, and taken gin intravenously, but I have never swilled. Beach, beach, beach. Some men are born to greatness. Others have it thrust upon them. And then there are those of us who got it both ways. You're not talking to some idiot desk jockey, Captain. I'm a doctor myself. Well, if you want to operate now, be my guest. I get the same pay whether I work or not. Hey, everyone. You're listening to MASH 4077 Podcast. I'm Kenny, and joining me today are my buddies Al. Hi, guys. And Meds. Gentlemen. This is episode four, Chief Surgeon Who? Directed by E.W. Swackhammer. <laughs> I like that name. That's a good name. That's a good <laughs> name. Written by series creator Larry Gilbart. This is production code J307, and the original air date was October 8th, 1972. So again, we have episode 7 coming after episode 8, but no sign of 2 to 6. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, all out of whack here. Doesn't Colonel Blake mind you smoking his cigars and drinking his brandy? Yes, sir, very much. Then why are you doing it? Well, I don't mind, and I figure as long as one of us is reasonable, I just a little joke. I... Well, the rundown of this episode is that Henry has appointed Hawkeye as chief surgeon of the MASH 4077th, much to Frank's disdain. Frank and Margaret summon General Barker, who enters the insane world of the 4077th, and he actually believe it or not, tries to bring about some sort of order. In the end, Hawkeye and Trapper prove themselves to be excellent surgeons to General Barker, and he agrees with Blake's decision to appoint Hawkeye as chief surgeon. I guess you could say that medicine has been my life. I always wanted to be a doctor. Just ask any little girl I grew up with. <laughs> okay, notable guests in this, of course, is Jamie Farr as Corporal Maxwell Klinger. Yes, this is the first time that Klinger makes an appearance, and one appearance it is, dressed in a dress. Well, there you go. And then later on at the end, he's actually uh, butt naked. Unless, of course, you have the old videotape version uh, on a widescreen TV and you can see his pants. Jamie Farr, that's not on. You're meant to be naked. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk more about him later on in our yeah. series here. Next up, we have Sorrel Brook, once again reprising his role as Brigadier General Wilson Spalding Barker. And Timothy Brown reprises his role as Spear Chucker Jones. Yep, and Adisa Cleveland's back again as Lieutenant Ginger Bayless. We have Robert Gooden as Private Lorenzo Boone. And Linda Micklejohn as Lieutenant Leslie Scorch. Uh, John Orchard, again, oh, I, I, I'm always getting the English guy. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's British. <laughs> he's, he's pretty uh, as, uh, as Australian uh, Captain Ugly John Black. And finally, we have Jack Riley as Captain Kaplan. He's also the voice of Stu Pickles in The Rugrats and All Grown Up. <laughs> cool. Little tidbit there. This place is a madhouse, Henry. A nut farm. Gee whiz, that's a bit strong, sir. You realize you've a man on guard duty who's wearing a skirt? Yeah, well, luckily he's got the legs for it. <laughs> 
So let's go ahead and talk about this episode. Uh, Al, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah, I, I actually like this episode a lot. Um, we, we see... Uh, I mean, we, we've seen up to now, of course, uh, what a what a superior surgeon that uh, Hawkeye is. But here, it's kind of validated. Um, and the neat thing I thought was that uh, all along, Frank thought he should be appointed chief surgeon just <laughs> because he's the ranking uh, surgeon there. Yeah. Uh, other than, of course, um, Henry. But uh, I, I love the, the reaction that Frank gives when uh, when Henry appoints uh, Hawkeye as chief surgeon. But what I obviously have to do is appoint a chief surgeon. Now you're talking. He'll be in charge of all surgical situations. In addition to his own work, he'll assist each shift to help out with the really tough cases. The job will be a killer. I can adjust. I hope you can. I'm giving it to Pierce. Mm. Thanks. What? You can't! I won't stand for it! Frank, the one thing that'll get you nowhere with me is impersonating my wife. Well, what about rank? Can I help it if I'm not as rank as you? This is unheard of. Face it, Pierce is the best cutter in the outfit. He's certified in chest and general surgery. Frank, in case you haven't read the papers, there's a war on. We're here to patch guys together. We can't be so GI, we lose patience. Are you implying that he's a better doctor? Yes, when the heat's on. And um, what I thought was kind of cool was at the beginning of this episode, uh, we see Frank you know, dig- diligently uh, typing away on his typewriter, doing... Uh, uh, like a monthly newsletter for his patients back home. And uh, I love the title. Do you guys remember what the title of that newsletter was? Oh, I don't. No. What's Up Front Doc? <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's Up Front Doc? A small joke. Almost stillborn. Well, the fighting here goes on, but I must go along with MacArthur and agree that the beginning of the end is in sight. That's pretty stylish, Frank. I wrote on the school paper. Nice. So Frank does have a little bit of, uh, of a humorous uh, streak going through him. Mm. Um, I love the, you know, e- e- even in the, f- in the face of uh, this, you know, serious appointment of being uh, made chief surgeon and all that it carries, Hawkeye... And Trapper still, you know, are very jovial about it. Uh, I love the the ceremony at the uh, towards the end when they appoint him uh, chief surgeon. The, the party, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, I think it's a fun episode. Quiet, please, everybody. <clears throat> this is the moment you've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, anything in between. <laughs> it gives me great pleasure to present Captain Benjamin Franklin Pierce. Our new chief surgeon. Thank you. Thank you. You may all kiss my rings. <laughs> Any excuse to have a party, those guys will do it. Right, right. And, and, and actually, when you really think about it, what's what that is representing is, you know, in the midst of this uh, horrible war that's going on, uh, you know, they're, they're chest cutters. They're, they're basically, you know, knee deep in the blood and guts there. Mm-hmm. And this is what they do to, to blow off that steam. You know, if they didn't have these parties that they threw all the time, if they weren't as wacky as they were, they would be absolutely insane. Oh, I totally agree with you. I couldn't imagine doing mm-hmm. their job. No. It, it, it's horrific. You know, and now obviously we don't see, you know, they, they lighten it up for us for the TV series. They're not going to show what it really, truly is like at a mass unit. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. What are your thoughts, Meds, on this episode? 
Yeah, I love this episode. And uh, I don't know if you remember, Kenny, but my uh, avatar picture for quite a few years uh, was uh, the picture of Hawkeye sitting on the on the ceremonial throne with his, uh, yep. you know, his sink plunger and his short yep. hat. Uh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, this is a great episode for wearing Hawaiian shirts. Well, I think everyone wants to have an Hawaiian shirt in this. It's a little bit of a remake to a certain degree of the pilot episode, uh, the way that the, the general mm-hmm. or the brigadier actually suddenly appreciates the fact that how good they are being, you know, doing, as you said, out meatball surgery. Um, one thing I noticed, actually, as I was reading out the guest list there, that Private Lorenzo Boone turns up again. Uh, that was played, as you mentioned, out by Bruno Kirby in the first episode, the man from City Slickers. Of course, he's not in this one. It's played by Robert Gooden, so right. uh, a character brought back, but by a different actor. It's a, it's a it's a great it's a great episode. This is and uh, the the scene that steals it for me, apart from the party scene, which I think is brilliant uh, with Hawk's speech and everything, is the moment when Henry makes a decision and uh, when he says to Frank, uh, uh, you know, oh, I hope you're going to put up with it because I'm choosing Hawkeye. It's the way he delivers that line. It's it it gives you that impression. That actually, Henry is in charge of the camp. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not, he's not just a, a bumbling uh, fisherman at times. You know, he, all he wants to do is fish. He is actually army as well, and he shows it in that in that scene. But uh, no, great, great fourth episode for me. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. This after the third episode, which was kind of ho hum for me, this definitely hit it out of the park for me. Um, just and just to reiterate what you said about Henry Blake, you know. He is kind of bumbly, and he is he, he doesn't seem like he has control of the camp, but you know deep down he does. This is just the way he runs it. You know, the, it is very non-army-ish, you know, right. which, of course, Houlihan and, and Frank hate. But, you know, when push comes to shove, he will push. Listen, Pierce, you... Now, this can't continue. He's not the pushover. You yeah. know, there's there's several episodes where, you know... You know, they always say, oh, we're going to run to the general, we're going to, you know, Hulahan and, and Frank, they're always, and he's just like fed up with it, he's like, you know what, go ahead and do it. You know, mm-hmm. I have so many footmarks on my back already from you, you know, running over <laughs> me. He just, he just, he's, I like, I liked him in this episode, and it was that little taste, like you said, of, of you know who's in command, and it's him. Mm-hmm. He's you know, the reluctant, he's the reluctant leader. Yes, he doesn't want to be, but he 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 wears it well when he needs to. Mm-hmm. There's a slight continuity error, I think, on this one because um, with Samuel Brook turning up again in this, as he did in the last episode, um, they act as if they've never met him before, which is a bit weird. You know, there's no sort of like obvious recognition from not so much Henry because Henry would obviously salute, but from Hawkeye and Trapper. Um, yeah, it seems a bit weird because they've met him before. Well, but that is that was shot. That was episode seven that was shot previously. Yeah, yeah. I mean episode eight. So that would have happened after this episode. Yeah, yeah. So maybe so they did. They met them in. They met them in. Yeah, that's that's what that you know that's the little continuity thing. That's what happens when you mm. move episodes around because the episode previous was technically shot after this episode. Yeah, they are, they already knew him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's weird, isn't it? But that is I mean, interesting. I suppose, I suppose yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a general, he's a, he's a brigadier, or whatever. That, that he's, at the end of the day, he's, he's high up in the ranks, and they don't care much for them anyway. So maybe they just deliberately don't. You know, that's the way you can put it. That they deliberately that don't is the truth. It, you know? yeah. yeah, very, very, very true. Do you guys have any other thoughts on this episode? 
I like I like this is one of those uh, scenes as well where Hawkeye's been given the role of chief surgeon and uh, and, and Frank's you know he's answering back to Henry he's threatening him at the end of the day he's making a threat that he's gonna he's gonna you know set it on fire kind of thing and uh, and uh, Henry then turns around and says failure to salute an officer Frank so right. Frank of course salutes but but this is the first time you actually see Hawk do his casual sort of like wave with his little fingers well if you want heat I'll give you plenty of heat Frank, failure to salute a superior officer. Sounds <laughs> like a C uh, kind of thing, you know, like total disrespect, which is brilliant. And I think that's that's when you start to say, this is the Hawkeye you're going to see from now on. Yeah, yeah. You know, awesome. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I, uh, that's one great thing about this series is it ran for almost, it ran for 11 seasons, but the characters never got boring. I think they continuously... No evolved you know yeah. mm-hmm. we knew who hawkeye was from day one from the very first yeah. episode but you but you didn't know everything about him and you got little tidbits here and there as the episodes mm-hmm. progressed and for the most part it was not a lot of contradicting you know it was pretty like someone planned out you know yeah his yeah. arc for the entire right. season or series right. And as you say, when, when the character or when the actor, more importantly, which I think is credibility of the actor, when the actor thinks that the, the character he's playing is starting to get boring, the character, the actor automatically knows when it's time to leave. Um, yes. You know, uh, um, uh, Fra- uh, Larry Linville felt like that with yes. Frank. He didn't think he, he was could one take the character any further, so he decided to leave. Right decision, I thought, because his character was, you know, although not my favourite, uh, awesomely played by Larry and really interesting up to a certain point, and he made the right decision. And I thought, of course, Gary Berghoff did the same thing where he was just casually in the background. I think Jamie Farr was starting yeah. to take over a little bit on that one. And But but credibility to the actor and well done for them for making that decision because you could easily have turned around and said, well, I'm on a good geek here. MASH is going to go on for years. Let's stay. But oh, no, yeah. Took the cred- they took the credible way and so I said, well, I can't take this character any further and left. And it only happened really twice. Um, uh, obviously, McLean, not McLean's doing so, um, Trapper left under different circumstances. We'll come to that later on. But yeah. credibility yeah. there for yeah. if the character gets boring, kill it, you know, get rid of it straight away. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you there. One of the other things I liked about this episode, too, talking about Frank. I mean, up to this point, we you know we can pretty much surmise that Frank is you know not the most competent of doctors, but we really, I mean, it's hammered home here how inept he really is. He's just not up to date on uh, any of the current medical techniques. I've got a bad pancreatic injury here. Anything outside the skull, I'm dead. Resected. Thanks, Hawkeye. The book says drain it always. If you were a proctologist, I tell you what to do with that book. You're a year behind in your journals. He doesn't, mm. uh, you know, stay in practice. And yeah. then what I loved about the ending of this episode was, you know, after Hawkeye's been proved, you know, to be the, the most qualified surgeon to be chief surgeon uh, in the in the operating room, Frank kind of gives him a nod and asks for help and. That was a very subtle but very impactful moment. Uh, Pierce? What? Um, can you give me a hand with this resection? Hey, can you hold on for a second? Sure, no sweat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great last, great last line in that as well. I also like as well where Frank turns around and says that uh, he, you know, he, he's showing off a little bit, uh, and you know, we hear him mention that he's got a thirty-five thousand pound house and two cars, and then Hawkeye turns it around saying, "You got thirty-five thousand pound car and two houses," and and then you see Blake just looking <laughs> going, "What? Gee, I can't understand that. You've got a thirty-five thousand dollar car and two houses. Well, that, that's a thirty-five thousand dollar house and two cars." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, great stuff. Frank, it's not unmanly to cry. <laughs> I would not give them the satisfaction. That's my strong fella. <laughs> So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about behind-the-scenes stuff that we found out. Writer Larry Gilbart won a Writers Guild Award for this episode. This was the first one, um, and it was well worth. I mean, it was well deserved. I oh, think. Yeah. yeah. Was this the you first know. award Mashed got? I mean, when you think about four episodes in, and they they win a, a Writers Guild Award. Yeah, uh, isn't that crazy? Yeah, this was the first award they got of many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Henry enters his tent where General Barker is searching for him. Now, in this scene, it's a continuity, it's uh, Evel again. Oh, nitpicky that we are. Uh, Henry holds a box <laughs> full of worms in his left hand and a lamp in his right, which he then holds in his left armpit. But when he gives the box to, uh, to Leslie, as they go in, the lamp has suddenly disappeared. Uh, this is one of those irritating uh, uh, continuity faults, which really no one ever notices, apart from us. And now you, listener, <laughs> will from now on. <laughs> But you know, they don't. They, you know, I don't. I don't notice them as much. Maybe because and I watch these over and over. Mm. I, uh, I I do catch occasionally here and there, but oh, this one I didn't my, catch. I didn't catch it. My all. wife, my wife can pick out continuity faults in absolutely <laughs> anything. It doesn't matter. We can be at the cinema and we'll be sitting there, and she'll be nudging me. I'm thinking that you don't talk in the cinema. You don't do anything. And then she's going, "That weren't there before. Look at the cup. The cup's gone. The cup's out. The cup's gone." Oh, <laughs> So everyone will be yeah, doing that now. They'll be listening. And go, oh. <laughs> yeah. Joyce does the same thing. My wife. My wife can pick them out too, at a mile away. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, the the character of Klinger, played by Jamie Farr, was actually not supposed to be an ongoing thing. Jamie Farr was actually hired for only one day's work as Corporal Klinger. He was the character that wore dresses and, you know, he tried to convince the army that he was kind of nutso and that he deserved to be discharged under Section 8. He was actually asked back for a dozen episodes in the second season. And then because his character was so well received, he became a regular character in the third season. Yeah, that was such a good move. He's one of the most mm. iconic characters from MASH. Oh, he is. You know, yeah. him in his floral dress and hat and, <laughs> you know. He's such a great character, and I'm so glad that they decided to make him. Uh, you know, and I never knew he wasn't a regular character because I watched, you know, the middle of the series where he was already a regular character. Hmm. You know, him and uh, him and uh, Father Mulcahy, William Christ Christopher, mm -hmm. were yeah. both you know weren't in the main titles for a while. I mean, when you think about it, it's right. You, you turn up for one day's work, and you don't get yeah. back home until eleven years later. <laughs> what, what, what kind of excuse do you give your wife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's so great, I know. Oops. Very, very cool. <laughs> Larry Gilbart has said that the comedian Lenny Bruce's attempt to be released from military service in World War II by dressing in Waves uniform was the original inspiration for the character of Klinger on the sitcom. Very cool. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. What's Waves uniform? I don't. I don't know what Waves is. Waves, it's actually uh, spelled W-A-V, I believe. Um, and it, it's the, it was a female um, soldier during oh, World God. War II. Oh, yeah. we mean army something then. Right, yeah, yeah the waves and the wax. Oh, gotcha. Right. Okay, well, if anyone knows the full meaning of that now, send us in your answers on a postcard and you'll win no prizes. <laughs> 
Well, the main plot of this episode is uh, is actually derived from the midsection of Richard Hooker's original MASH novel. Uh, really worth picking up and get hold of it. A little bit of a tip for you here. You can buy it on Amazon for two pence. That's probably about four cents in America. That's how it's, wow. it's worth it. Uh, in the book and, of course, in the film, Trapper John McIntyre is made chief surgeon. Uh, and while the camp throws a party for him, an incensed Margaret and Frank type out a letter of protest to the army bureaucracy and the plot of Chief Surgeon, who approximizes this, although, of course, we know that it's actually Hawkeye and not Trapper who is made Chief Surgeon. I think this is an interesting point here because the reason why uh, Wayne Rogers left uh, uh, MASH as a series was because he believed that the character of Trapper was being undermined by the character of Hawkeye. It means he was second fiddle, almost like a straight man. I think we're in the fourth episode, and this is already starting now, because in the book, and as we just mentioned in the film, it's actually, um, uh, you know, uh, Trapper who gets it, which of course was uh, Elliot Gould's character, who was the main focus in the in the, in the the film and the book. And yeah. it's changed around, so it's Alan Alder's character. So you're starting to see that already in episode four, that the main character in a whole of MASH is going to be Hawkeye. Yeah, that's true. Very, very true. All right, so do you guys have anything else? I think we're done with this episode. No, yeah, fantastic fourth, uh, fourth episode. Uh, N- yeah, not brilliant. bad at all, yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. Cool. We love hearing from our listeners. If you want to send us an email or a voice message, as in an MP3, you can send it to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. It's mash4077podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're in, uh, inclined to stalk us, follow us, sneak around in our swamp, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter account. And uh, come and follow us. We're at MASH4077podcast. We now have a daily blog where we will post interesting topics relating to MASH. You can read those at www.MASH4077podcast.blogspot.com. And check us out on the web at mash4077.podbean.com. And come like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. You can reach that at www.facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. So that's going to do it for episode four. You've been listening to Kenny Mitleider, Simon Meddings, and Al Kessel. We'll be seeing you. I don't expect to be back unless you've got problems, Henry. Real problems. Problems at the 4077, sir? Huh! Clinger! Who goes there? The man's naked! Ah, oh, come on, Clinger. Put on a dress or something. At least a slip. Hello there, my name is Meds. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. Oh, all right, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present... Mark! Alright, get on with it! Okay, and we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast, and we like to talk about... Crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we were having a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. Oh, I'm not! <laughs> teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win one million dollars on the amazing race 
Joyce. And I'm Al. On our new show, the Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. Check out the Fast Forward Podcast in iTunes, and we'll see you at the Fast Forward. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. Hi, I'm Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the place so much, we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing, little-known and often-overlooked gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks, as well as offer up some tips and tricks that we've uncovered over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. Check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. I'm Kenny, and with me are my pals, uh, I was going to say Ed. <laughs> Ed. Man. <clears throat> I was, was going to say Al and Meds, and they came out Ed.